Okay. Yippy skippy. We're back. And we're back. Well, they don't know we're back. I mean, this is like a week later, right? And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) We should just start every episode with, and we're back. (laughs) Did you miss us? And they'll be like, no, not really. Just get on with it. Yeah. I hadn't, that triggered a memory and I lost it. <laughs> a, a good memory? <laughs> Is it, should I have given you a trigger warning? I, no. I don't know what. Um, oh, <laughs> maybe this, I, it's my nap time. The, oh, my it's new for nap sure time. your new nap time. <laughs> 1 p.m. on a Thursday? Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, this is Pancake Town, the podcast. Michelle's trying not to laugh. Um, I'm Emily. I'm Michelle. And this is part two of our pricing episode. Episodes. Yep. <laughs> Epis- a suite of episodes. Um, in the first... Is, is a suite? Two I things? I don't know. Um, a collection? We should know words. A pairing? Pair. Yeah. <laughs> you, got excited, you got excited over pair. Um, yeah. Um, a combo? A combo? Sure, a those, duo? Those are all things that imply two. Yes. A, a pack? A mix pack? Mm. A bundle? But, mm. You don't like bundle? I'm just thinking those things imply three or more. Bundle should be three. Yeah. 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 It's like couple versus few. You can't yes. say few if it's two. No. That's, not, that's incorrect. Yes. Few um, is three or four. This has been a vocabulary Several lesson is five brought to you and up. by Pancake Town Podcast. Um, so we talked last time about pricing, more like product pricing, Regular wholesale product. to retail. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you've got a product line and you're oh, picking prices for everything and moving on with your life. Um, but a lot of you on the Facebook group brought up the idea of custom pricing, which is much more complex and a little trickier and also like lot harder to find like industry standards for things a lot harder to find like solid formulaic advice about like how to do it um or like what's appropriate so we're gonna try to kind of hash it out and see what we can come up with i was researching all last night i feel like i need to take a photo of you holding that amazing crafts and craft shows but we definitely need to take a picture of that book and post it on the on the instagram feed yeah that's right here this is actually the perfect portrait i'll hold it right in front of my face hold on let me take a picture i should probably stop everybody hold on a minute while we do a photo shoot um it's a really good i mean it's like it's funny how you can look at the cover of that book and know when it was published you know (laughs) what i mean um I don't know. It looks like it was published earlier than it actually was. Yeah, I guess it ha- so. it feels more 90s mm-hmm. than early 2000s. Okay. Um, also, cool. That's taken care of. Check that off the to-do <laughs> Check. list. Um, so we referenced this, referenced this book in the last episode, The Crafts and Craft Shows, How to Make Money by Philip Kadubek or Kadubek or And I said I was going to read the special order section, which I forgot about until just now. Um. <laughs> So here we are. <laughs> so the problem, I was researching custom pricing last night and everything I found said like, yes, you can charge more for custom products. Like, no we shit. We know that. We're not idiots. Like, how? Because. Um, how much more? 
So what do you mean? <laughs> for some people that is making like an illustration that's just getting used on one thing. And right. if that normal one thing normally costs say $20, you can't just charge $20 oh, for hell this no. one thing. Hell it no. should have a design fee added to it, which is probably going to be a lot. And I think that you need to, I mean, there's a lot of answers here. There's a lot of, there's a lot to get into because there's so many types of like services and customized products and like inherent value that you're kind of determining. Like you're, there's no one standing behind you going, Oh no, no, no. A custom handbag is, should be 300% markup. Like no, there's no one telling you that you have to decide what that value is. Um, do you want to read what you're reading? Well, I'm, it's really hard for me to read paragraphs um, without jumping all over the place. Also, <laughs> I don't have my glasses. Um, uh, briefly, let's see. They mention, um, you know, considering the time that you have to go supply shopping for those products or like your materials that are. Yeah. I mean, know, it, diff- from like whatever research you're doing. Yeah, the um, extra steps that extra you have to go steps. through to go beyond cuz there's one there's one level of like custom order where it's like somebody comes to Michelle's booth and likes the eclipse, eclipse necklace but wants it to have a 15-inch chain. That I wouldn't like, charge for. That's that's yeah. like actually I mean this is a good point to bring up that you can kind of say like personalized versus custom mm, or or mm-hmm, customized mm. versus custom are kind of yeah. different things you're right um because i would assume in this craft show book they're probably talking about like someone comes to your booth and you knit scarves and somebody wants a purple scarf and you don't happen to have a purple scarf and you have to go through the process of like finding the purple yarn that they like and and sending them pictures of it and then custom making it for that person so I think the question then comes into play like on a basic level like do you what do you charge for that there are certainly consumers that are going to be like well you would just charge me what you charge for these other scarves absolutely not do not do that rule number one like that's definitely a no-go you cannot if you charge forty dollars for a scarf and someone's asking you to make something slightly altered or outside of your regular inventory um it's it more than forty dollars period um so i think the question is is like if you apply the regular pricing formulas that we talked about in the last episode where it's like obviously you consider materials costs obviously you consider labor Mm -hmm. and your design etc etc but there should be one more category added into that which is like Hi, you asked me to do something different than I'm normally doing. Right. It's taking time out of your regular production yes. schedule. It's taking time away from stores that you're making product for, other retail product you're developing. Like it, They're asking you to do something outside of your regular production schedule mm-hmm. and potentially outside of the norm of what materials you buy or maybe even the processes you use. Um so there has to be some other element. And then in my opinion, on top of that, there almost needs to be another price added, which is this person just got something that no one else has. Mm-hmm. 
So there's there should be a premium cost added to it that's like if a giant brand made a one-off product, if Louis Vuitton made a bag yeah. that there was one of in the entire world, especially if you asked for it to be made, guess how much more that costs than the other bag well, that yeah, they make that would be thousands insane. of. Thankfully, none of us are Louis Vuitton. Well, but so you need to apply that same theory to... On our scale. Exactly. Yeah. So... Don't think that you're being crazy by telling someone, you know, if they if they were expecting it to be the same price, you don't want that customer. Mm -hmm. That's the end of that problem. Like, don't even think twice about it. If that person literally thought they were going to get a special thing just made just for them and it was going to be the same price as your regularly produced product, you don't need that customer. That customer is not for you. But don't feel bad like charging additional money for something that's inherently the same product, even though you're like, well, it takes me the same amount of time and it's the same design and I didn't have to start from scratch and blah, blah, blah. Well, that, that doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is you've been asked to go above and beyond for someone and they should pay more money for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, one of the example or one of the comments in the Facebook group um, from Whitney, who designs enamel pins, mm -hmm. <clears throat> she was one of the people who said that custom pricing is the hardest yeah. for her. So I imagine she gets approached um, for designing custom pins. Yeah. So um, it's probably a smaller run. Right. Um, so like normally all of those design costs, we're splitting up amongst hundreds of items. Right. So it's nominal. Yeah. Um, and our labor gets split up amongst all those things. So you kind of have to just figure out what they were for a regular product and then like compound it to yeah. a small run. And I think there's lots of different scenarios too of like, there's one level of like, you're making one product for one person and it's like, customizing an existing product mm -hmm. there's also the idea that like you might be making something brand new from scratch that you've never made before but that is similar to a you know it's it's obviously like if you make benches you're just making a different kind of bench mm -hmm. but like if it's not based on something you're already doing that's like another level of customization it is i think you um it's probably easiest to be like okay the product is this much as yeah. you know yeah and then there's a design fee right right so and people if, can see how much yeah and if materials change sure if this is walnut and that's oak and those cost different things mm -hmm. and you want the more expensive one cost more yeah um but then i think there's also another level of like whitney making the pins mm -hmm. like what are those pins for sure like you need to you need to find out especially when you're dealing with design things that can be replicated. If you're dealing with like you designed something for somebody, um, you designed a logo, you did an illustration, you wrote their name real pretty, you made them an invite. Like you need to have like speaking from personal experience, you need to have clear, a clear understanding of what they're paying for, including 
uh, intellectual property rights. Well, that, that'd be like if you're giving someone a f- the actual file yeah. for a design. Yeah, but nowadays... That's really involved. Nowadays, you got to do that shit with everything. You like oh, if I people if will, I designed a enamel yeah. pin for someone yeah. and sold them a hundred of them, yeah, there's fucking something written that says you can't do jack shit with the design of that pin oh. unless you ask for my permission mm-hmm. and you pay me, or you're paying three times as much and you own that pin and you can do whatever the fuck you want with it and here's the file. Those are the two options. Mm-hmm. There is no I sold you pins and I'm gonna trust that you're not gonna go have those manufactured again without my permission carved and sell into them. a stick of butter right yeah like <laughs> that shit's scary but if you like, haven't listened to <laughs> what episode was that episode like that was. three i it was an early two or episode three about the four weddings yeah yeah um go back that's one of my best <laughs> that's like one of my best business anecdotes yeah. of all time um i suppose i have a phone i can find out keep talking you can find, find out what episode, what episode it, but it i think was. like there's there's another like that's why the custom pricing thing is like so there's so many layers and it and it depends very clear like there's so many specifics to different types of industries and different types of products like things that are stealable, things that are licensable, things that are being resold. Like if someone's having you make a batch of enamel pins and you're potentially selling it to them to then be resold, like you need to figure out, like there needs to be some contract negotiation in there. So do you so need a lawyer for that? No, you okay. just need to draft up some sort of written contract that they agree to. Um, every time I do a custom print order, um, I, I have literally just a line of text at the bottom of all my contracts that say, um, I used to have people sign the con like physically sign the contracts. Um, but now I actually just have it written on the bottom of my contracts that say by paying this above invoice, you are agreeing to the following terms. Okay. So it literally like by law, if they've, if money has exchanged hands, um, they, they, by giving you money, agree to your terms. And then my terms basically say everything in relation to this job is the, is the, um, property of orange, beautiful LLC, unless otherwise specified in the estimate above. And then there are times when like, if somebody is buying a logo design or some sort of branding or an illustration that they're like using on their blog or whatever it is. And they want full ownership of that. They don't want to have to come back to me and ask permission to like make it into stickers or put it on a t-shirt. Um, then I charge them more. How much? I mean, pricing for like logos and branding and stuff is all over the map. Like there are clear, there are obviously companies that charge people like tens of thousands of dollars for a logo. And then there are people who charge $40 for a logo. Okay. So give us a rough estimate. My, I usually will charge somebody between like 350 and $500 like for a logo. And that includes their rights to use. Yes. That includes like, that's your logo. And I don't give a shit what you do with it. Okay. But that's mostly because I'm, you know, I'm catering to smaller businesses that I want. Which most of our listeners are. Yes. Like I would, and that often include, because I understand like how the world works, 
that includes things like you're getting that logo file in in the versions that you would realistically need them in. So I'm supplying you with, I don't expect you to know how to format that to be your Facebook header and format that to be your Instagram avatar and format that, you know, like I, I do that for you because it okay. literally takes me 10 minutes. Okay. So like m part of my package thing is like, you get this AI file that's high resolution that you can, and I'll say that in the contract that's like, this is used for this, like used, and it's usually like a folder of files. So it's like, whenever you go to go do something mm -hmm. or you want to send something to a printer or you work with a different designer, mm -hmm. give them this whole folder of stuff. Okay. And then sometimes people have like fonts that go with their branding mm. and I'll include all of that in the folder of stuff. So it's like, here's all your digital collateral. And sometimes there's like a style sheet that's like, these are the colors that you should use. And yes. this is the font you should use. And this is the cute little graphic we made. And you can use that for shit. Um, and then it's just in the contract that's like all the stuff I gave you, you own it now and you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to hire me again in the future, obviously that's an option, of course. But like you can walk away and you don't need to like, I'm not holding your logo mm -hmm. hostage by any means. Do you have a hourly rate or a day rate? I charge $75 an hour Okay. for design work. Okay. And then that's, I mean, to be totally honest and clear about like how hourly rate pricing works. Mm -hmm. It's so, there's so many variables in doing a custom job. Like I've had wedding clients that I do like one round of designs and they're like, these are great. These are amazing. Sign off, print them. And then I will have other clients that like are essentially getting charged the same amount and will like run me through the ringer and have me redesign stuff 14 times before it gets printed. But then I have a clause in my contract that says, I always write estimated number of hours. Mm -hmm. So like, it'll say, here's the design fee. I'm estimating four and a half to six hours. And that's why you're getting charged this. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, 90% of the time, they fall within my estimate because I'm good at knowing how long something will probably take me. But then it saves me from the person that like makes me do 15 rounds of something. Okay. Because it'll say like includes two rounds of revisions or oh, includes okay. six rounds of revisions or includes four logo designs or what. It'll say something basic so that I've protected myself from so that later I can be like. And sometimes I let it slide. Like if the client is great and easy to work with and I kind of feel like, yeah, I could do two more rounds and I don't need to charge them. That's not a big deal. But then if somebody's a pain in the ass and like nitpicking every little thing and not giving me appropriate feedback and they make me do 17 rounds, I can be like, Hey, so Just, yeah, we're venturing into yeah. another and bracket. I can give them a heads up yeah. before when, yeah. once they, you know, if I'm sending round four to them, I can be like, heads up. This is the last round of revisions. So any additional changes are going to incur this yeah. much extra okay. fee or whatever. Yeah, so be, I think that's what I did manage to glean from my research yeah. is being super upfront about your pricing. Yes. Because I think that's what scares people away from having custom work done. Yes. That they assume that it's so mysterious. Yes. It's very, yes. It and can like, be very mysterious. It is 
going to be expensive yeah and sometimes too expensive yeah and i think if you give people if you're able depending on what it is you're doing and it and if it's something that you want to be offering like if you want if you make soaps and you want to be able to say like what a cool thing that would be to say you can make a custom batch of soap Mm -hmm. like have it set up in your mind already like what that would cost and how much they would have to buy and like what kind of package of stuff it could be. And so that you can kind of have some example pricing, like people tend to be like, well, how much do wedding invites cost? And you're like, Mm -hmm. um, that's a giant question. Right. Like, uh, anywhere from $600 to $6,000. Like what, like how do I answer that? But if you're able to say, well, you know, on average, an invite package that includes X, Y, and Z might cost this much for digital printing. And then they can at least be like, oh, okay. Like, that makes sense. Or if you can mm-hmm. give people a range. I know a lot of people that do custom work can will kind of have, like, on their website or wherever their information is, they'll have, like, you know, custom work starts at blank. Like, I'll usually say, like, you know, branding and logo design starts at $400 or mm-hmm. $350 or whatever it is. So that people that might have been like, oh, I was going to pay 75 bucks. Right. They can go away. Sure. And then the people... And you have to be okay just saying... Yes, absolutely. No, that's okay. Go find someone else Just then. because somebody says, oh, I wanted to pay 75 yeah. bucks does not mean you should change your pricing. Right. It means that person doesn't want to pay more than $75. And that's right. their prerogative. Um, but then, you know, I know... Then it also helps the people who thought, like, a custom logo is going to cost $3,000. Like, oh, wait, no, branding work starts at 350 Let me find out what that includes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know more. I only have this much money to spend, or I have a budget of this much. Um, but I think if people can see what a custom version of what you sell might cost in relation to your prices, mm-hmm. like if you are a jewelry designer that does custom work and your full line is like, you know, a necklace costs $80 like it's fair for you to be able to be like oh a custom necklace of similar quality or size or whatever um you know would start at $150 sure if you're able to just say that whatever that number is Mm -hmm. then that lets people know because I think a lot of people customers are probably not going to they don't want to assume things and and if they assume they're probably going to assume wrong. I think you could also like depending on what your product is give like a range of like um say you're working with a store mm-hmm. and they want a customized version of something. Yeah. You can be like, "Well, if you order this many things, it's this much, but right. if you order this many, you know, like I just keep thinking I don't know why we always use Julie as an example. Yeah. But like, let's say someone wants a illustration on a mug she doesn't normally have. Right. Like she could easily be like, well, it'd be this price for this amount. Cause she's ordering something. Right. She doesn't I'm going to have to order, order X number to get but, this price. You know, like yeah. having a range. And then if it's a custom illustration too, now there's a flat design fee. Yep. That, um, I think if a retailer sees or anyone sees the design fee as separate. Yeah, they can see where the money's coming yeah. from. Yes, I agree with that. I think that that's that really that fair. Work. Like if you were building somebody a custom cabinet and you were just like, here's your invoice, custom cabinet, $800. 
they're less like they're they're probably going they might be they might want to scoff at that number mm -hmm. but if it says custom cabinet and then it separates out like the wood costs this much the design costs this much the assembly costs this much the delivery and you know special handling costs this much it it starts to let them see like oh you're not just arbitrarily charging me a giant number because you want to make money there's actually legit costs to these things and like obviously you're showing them your marked up costs of all those things like you're showing them the prices but it i think it helps people like if you were just going to walk into a car dealership and be like that car is twenty five thousand dollars you would never just buy that blindly you'd want to know why it costs twenty five thousand dollars unless you're me unless and then you'll you. just be like i'll take it <laughs> But like you want to know like what kind of stereo like oh this car over here is twenty thousand and that one's twenty five why what's yeah. the difference and then if there's a list of like well these things cost these amounts and like oh the stereo system in that costs six hundred dollars more got it mm -hmm. and then they can better decide like if that's worth it to them um, so yeah writing stuff out and I think a lot of times the custom situation is going to be a thing where you're not going to be able to stand in front of them and go, oh, a custom cabinet, $700. Oh, a bench, $48 more than this one. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to have to say to them, we absolutely do custom work. I can, I can write something up for you. L like, let's talk more about what you're looking for and what you're interested in. And if you have a budget, please let me know what that is. Um, people are not going to tell you what their budget is, by the way. Like most people won't tell you. I hate it, but like I try every time to be like, if you give me a budget, everyone's yeah. I can, I can help see you. why you're afraid to. But people don't want to give you a budget. Yes, people yeah. don't want to give you a budget because they believe inherently that people are evil and yeah. will just meet their budget. Yep, yep. Which is so far from the truth, but that's just how human beings are. Um, so you can try to ask for a budget, but you might not get one. Um, but I think that you know, it comes off as very professional, especially if you're like standing in front of the person, like at a craft show and they ask about custom work. Like, even if you secretly in the back of your mind are like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'll fucking do to figure out how much this costs. Just be like, absolutely. I can write something up for you and I can send it to your email. And then when they walk away, like <laughs> you'll figure it out. You will figure it out. Um, but then you can actually sit down and kind of calculate costs you can figure out like okay they really liked this bench we had a conversation about how they really liked dark wood mm -hmm. and they want it to be this size but they actually liked how this one over here had these legs and like you can kind of figure out you know how to put all that together into a new thing mm -hmm. and then you'll you can kind of figure out like okay if they were expecting it to be roughly this price what seems like a reasonable upgrade amount right factoring in additional costs or additional materials or labor i think i did see one thing that said that they add a certain percentage to the material like yeah kind of upgrade each thing yeah do a little bit of a um, mark extra markup on things yeah yeah um to account for the time spent finding yeah. these extra materials um, of course, I'm looking at the Facebook group comments. Um, Michael from MP Custom Made has a spreadsheet because everyone has a spreadsheet, apparently. Except for you Except somehow. For 
I don't have a spreadsheet. That's weird. <laughs> um, with materials cost, hourly time, and markup. Um, but then he mentions that it's like it also involves market research and just figuring out what the client will pay for it. Yeah. Which um, reminds me of the other comment we got. Now I have to pull up my thing. Um, she was doing a mural and um, the client wanted to pay her more than she was going to charge. She's Megan Carroll. We like when clients want to pay us um, more. That's yeah. So fantastic. Um, she's working on a mural and um, consult consulted with four muralist friends on what to charge and her client still says that they should she should charge them more and that they're gonna pay her more who is this client and how yeah. do we all get <laughs> how do we all find this client um, and get them to hire us yeah um so like she like you know did the best research she could by getting advice yeah and then the client still wants to pay more that is fishy like what or they're, they're looking for write-offs are they laundering what? drug right? money what's the catch murals? here i it's mean the newest hipster way to launder <laughs> to launder money, money through muralists that's why there's so many fucking murals in this right? city it could be i mean whatever that's that seems like a very um unique situation and congratulations <laughs> sorry um <laughs> but i think that um, yeah, it definitely can't hurt to like reach out to people who've, who are in your industry that have done similar things because there is, there are so many variables and so many things that can come into play. And yeah, I agree with, I mean, I'm similar to what Michael is saying about like, it's not like we're factoring in all our costs and then going, that person looks rich, mark it up no. more, but you do yeah. get a sense. You can get a sense from people and you, and that's why it's important to have a meeting with a client, really get an idea of what they're looking for and, and see if they have a budget, kind of get a sense of like, if they scoff at a certain price, like if you, if you throw out some numbers, like read, read them, see if they seem like they're holding their money real close or seem, see if they seem like they're like, sounds great. Like you, you can get a sense of where people's mindset is by just having a conversation with them. And, and that's why it's important to have like face to face sit down meetings with custom clients. If you, if that's possible, um, especially when it's higher ticket things like mm -hmm. he's, you know, yeah. he's potentially doing projects that are, you know, it might be a like custom dining room table set that costs multiple thousands of dollars. And that's a big, you know, that's a big commitment for him and a big commitment for that client. And so like getting all the details and all the information and like showing them sample pieces of wood and showing them photos of past work and like really giving them, making them feel really comfortable because a lot of these people are buying something sight unseen and paying more and so you need to give them all the possible details and information you can so that they feel confident in giving you more money mm -hmm. because you know that's it's the it's the beauty of custom work but it's also like if you think of anything you've ever bought custom like you were just throwing your trust out there you're trusting that that person yeah. is capable of doing what you're asking because what if it comes back and you're like, this is not at all what I envisioned and I gave you a bunch of money. Um, so you have to remember that 
you know, there is an element of risk that you have to protect yourself mm. Yeah, from, so lots you know? of paperwork. Right. Probably. Yes, there's <laughs> definitely, yeah, there's definitely more paperwork. And it's why a lot of people don't do custom work because it is... It is risky and it does. But, I don't like the pressure. But the return, the rate of return on custom work is so oh, high. I it's yeah, so sure. high. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get, you, you, you can mark up custom work so much more than you can anything else. Um, and if you can have it regularly, it, I mean, it can be really, really profitable. I think it has to fit into your production schedule. For like, sure. There's, I mean, there's some people that no, just do custom work and don't do sure. anything else. And for me, like, there's no amount of money that would make it worth, like, me having to spend yeah. time yeah. just on one person's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be something that makes sense for what you're doing. I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. Or if you want to start offering custom work and you don't, you know, if you have a product line and you're kind of like, oh, I'd like to see how that would work. Like, make it something super simple that's just, like, very structured. Like, don't let it be whatever you want and mm -hmm. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like, do something that's basically, like, if it were MP custom made and they wanted to, like, rein it in, as an example, it could be like, we make, we customize this table design. Oh yeah. And it's, it's this. And then here's these customizable options. So it's like, it's not a made to, or it's not a ready-made thing that you right. just stock and bring to shows, but it's also not fully custom from scratch decided by one client at a time. So it's kind of like a middle mm -hmm. road of like, it could be something like you being like, we make this elder necklace and we're going to like you can pick the color that the stone is or something, which is not realistic, but like as an nope. example, <laughs> um, um, or it could be for me, like I've done this in the past, but I mean, and I should start to do it again. Um, I've done like the eat, drink and be married print. I've done where like, I'll put the, like a bride and groom's uh -huh. name. So or how the much do you couple. charge for that? Um, well, the, at the time, this was years ago, at the time, that print by itself regularly mm -hmm. was $10. Oh, my God. Um, right? So cheap. No, not customized. The right, I know, yeah, but the still regular, so cheap. The regular just digital print. This was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, the regular digital print was $10, and then I would charge, I think, $40 for the custom, okay. the customized So what would you think version. it would be now? Oh, now it would be... Now it would be probably a hundred dollars okay um so how much for the print ne well now the prints are only 15 the print is even 15. though they should be 18 or 20 but yeah 15 okay and then if you're billing like a lawyer bills anything under an hour is an hour it, right yeah. so yeah. that falls you know it's close yeah. to your and it's also the va it's 75 dollar it. an hour it's not yeah. that, like it's not exact it's not like there's no different materials cost. There's no different production cost, really, except for that I'm doing a one-off instead of, like, hundreds at a time. Um, and the design of it is pretty minimal, but it's, like, this is a commemorative thing. There's only one of them. It's a wedding gift that has all sorts of extra inherent value. Um, but the other thing that I've done in the past, a lot of my current type designs are things that people asked like the eat drink and be married print came from someone being like i want to have a custom print make right. that says eat drink and be married like i didn't 
I didn't think of that. I didn't come up with that and go, I want to make a print that says that. A client asked for it. And I have a rule that I tell clients like that that I will charge them X cost if I own the design and I'm mm -hmm. allowed to do whatever I want with it. Mm -hmm. Or this higher cost where that's theirs and I don't I can't sell it and it's not I don't own it. Mm-hmm. And I've never had someone not say, I want the cheaper cost and you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Yeah. Um, but it only, I only do that when it's a print that like, that you want. I feel like yeah. I would be able yeah, to yeah. sell. Like if it's something crazy specific, right. Where somebody like picks some rando reunion. song lyric <laughs> that I'm like, this is not interesting to me. Or it's like an inside joke between sure. them and who they're giving it to. I'm not offering that, them yeah. that deal. I only do it when I'm like, oh, I love this. And the design I came up with is really great. And I could totally sell this. Gotcha. And then I'm not going to charge them a custom fee and then turn mm -hmm. around and start selling right. it. Like that's not, I mean, people do that, but I'm not going to do idea. that. That's a good idea. But yeah, I want to do some stuff where like people can have their, you know, if they want a lyric or a phrase or a set. And I've done that. I've done anniversary prints where people give me like a bunch of words that mm -hmm. have to do with them and their family and their wedding date and that so kind of stuff. So for something like that, though, you're starting from, yeah, scratch from scratch with the design. So that's even more. Yeah. Do Those are like a ballpark for how the much. Most like recent one I did was like a 12 by 18 print. And they just gave me like a huge list of words mm. and like their wedding date. And they were like, these five things should be like, focused like featured in the big grid of words or whatever mm -hmm. and it was like 150 dollars okay yeah and it was fun but then i can't do anything with that so i'm like here's your thing enjoy yeah so god there's just such a range like oh, yeah if you're just selling one thing you've got to make it worth it right but if you're getting multiples out of it right or that's the other thing too is if you're selling somebody a design that then they are making multiples of that thing like you kind of have to think about like like i think of um jenny making the labels for edgewater candles mm -hmm. like that a project like been that really hard to figure out you have to kind of yeah. figure out like okay i'm not just making like a set of designs that are like going to be framed and hung on somebody's wall. That would mm -hmm. be to me, that would be one price. Yeah. Then there's an, a, there's a different price when they're saying, Oh no, we're taking all of these designs and we're putting on them on the labels. And they're now the labels for all of our product that's being sold mm -hmm. for years and years and years from, you know, potentially. So like kind of have to, consider what is being done with the thing that you're how do you even arrive at that price though yes really <laughs> i mean there are like some different like graphic design illustration license art licensing ideas about like how you project you know what like and some people negotiate in things like I want royalties. I want a cut of the sales okay. of products I want. But most of the time you kind of just factor in like the regular stuff that we're talking about. And then you kind of say like, okay, well for each design, if I took this long mm -hmm. to work on it, mm -hmm. um, 
I charge you X and then I'm going to just like add a little buffer number on there that makes me feel like, okay, I would be, if this blows up and you're using this all over the place and it like contributes to the success of your business, I'm going to add a little more to it to make me feel like I got my money. So what is that little number? Like 5%, 10%? I don't know. I think it Mm. depends on, it probably depends on the, on the total. Like if it's a job that's a couple hundred bucks, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to add 30% to that. Okay. But I mean, if it's thousands and thousands of dollars, like maybe you're going to add a little more padding to, I don't know. Okay. Um, but I think it's I feel an like interesting a percentage. Yeah, I like. I mean, if there was some sort of magical percentage, I that like would be nice. But I think it's fair to say, like, yeah, if you add a little cushion on there, like even if it's five percent, that's that's a legit thing mm-hmm. to consider. Is to think about like, okay, what? Like, I I think of things like, you know, if you're selling a piece of furniture to a client and it's just going into their home, that might be slightly different than like a hotel that's like, we want to have these made and we want six of them and they're going in this lobby or something. You know what I mean? Like there might, you might think of it differently. You might treat that with a different kind of. Right. It's going to have some exposure. Right. There's possibility of people asking where this came from. Or you need to make sure that that's kind of in, like maybe that's part of your pricing is that you say like, well, if I can put a little placard on each of these benches that has my cus- my business's name on it, mm-hmm. I'll charge you 15% less. Sure. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can kind of play to your strengths. Like if you're, you know, if you would be okay with me putting my branding on this or my name on it, then it's this price. But if you want me to take that off, then it's this other price. Um, I feel like pricing artwork kind of falls into this. Like, yeah, it's because really hard to yeah, price. Because um, artwork is yeah. kind of arbitrary. Like, you're just kind of picking a value. There's not like, yeah, it's not like people are like, well, oil paintings cost four hundred dollars if yeah. they're this size. Like, that's just not how I really like artwork um, works. Yojo uh, commented. She's got like a. She just posted with a simple strategy, which is that. um she won't build art bigger or more intricate than an $800 retail. So she's like making yeah. something for this price point. Yeah. And then she won't concentrate on a piece harder than she has to if it's in her $300 range. And it, like, yeah, that's the like such an honest way of looking at it. Right. That um, I can totally relate to because I feel like I that's my like pain in the ass factor. Yes. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you have to make it, it has to be worth it. You're not going to labor over a one of a kind piece. If it's not going to be a bigger, a big enough ticket item. Yeah. Yeah. In for whatever price that means. So like coming up with, um, these like, uh, set retail, um, price points that you yeah. want and then working towards that for. yeah I yeah know. yeah that's very smart um well that's true i mean that's a good idea too when you start like if you start smaller and you only have a few price points and i mean i'm still kind of at that place where i'm like trying i want to think of more things that i can add in so that there are like a variety of things and a variety of price points. And so more so that just people have more things to choose from and I'm mm-hmm. hitting like a broader okay. 
audience, but I'm starting to do that too, where I'm like, okay, what, what product could I make that costs $25? What product could I make that costs $40? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure out like, do people want some nicer options. Yeah. I can make nicer options that I've cost been, more. All my prints right now, the bulk of my prints are, they're digital. And then I'm like, well, but wouldn't that be a great way to add in some bigger price points if I did some larger prints, if I did some limited edition screen prints and then have those be, you know, 36, 42, $50, then that kind of makes for variety of prices and mm. potentially adds value to my cheaper stuff. Like instead of now just being like, well, she has these $4 50 cent cards and some card packs and then these $15 prints and that's it. And it's like, Oh, but now there's these like limited edition screen prints and they kind of go with these cheaper things. And then, Oh, there's stickers that are $2. Like there could be, you know, mm. I'm hitting more yeah. marks if I, try to hit those price points instead of just making more products and then later thinking, Oh shoot, I just made a bunch of new product and they're all still $5 a piece. Yeah. Like I should, why did I do yeah, that yeah. when I could have spent effort and time like diversifying my oh. price range? Right. Yeah. So, and I think like, I feel like that happens. I noticed that a lot with like bath and body brands where like a brand that oh, maybe was mm-hmm. only just selling soap, or like soap and one other thing, soap and bath bombs or something. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, how, what, how could I translate this into other things that cost other amounts? Right, because they're um, like some of the materials are going to be the same. Right. If like the essential can be oils, similar. Yeah. If, I mean, like Danielle from Soap Distillery has like a clear focus on like what her products kind of the brand all of her products have to fall under Mm -hmm. and then she can be very smart about like okay so I have a line of soaps that fit in that and I have lip balms that fit in that but then I also have body wash and sugar scrub and now candles but like they all they're all still in the same family together even though like candles and bars of soap are two different things Mm -hmm. like but then she's hitting a different market that way and it's really smart because it's the same brand she didn't change she didn't drastically change you know the sense that she's doing or the branding or the names of things but now there's like people who would have never bought a bar of handmade soap are like oh i'll buy a candle i like candles Mm -hmm. it's like a different group of people lip balm is that entry yes you know yeah like oh i love that and then you use that and then you're like oh i should get that soap next time i I think that's what i got for myself first was the yeah um absinthe lip balm and it's smart to have that's why i that's why i always talk about like enamel pins or stickers or patches or stuff like that where i'm like i'd like to have there be i'd like to have a product that's more of like a oh i really just want something that's why i have all the vintage stuff right where yeah. you're like, I really like this. I like this brand. I want to support this brand, but I really can't spend $24 right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I could spend six mm-hmm. or like you're, and you're much more likely to just like impulse buy or add on buy like lower ticket items. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of arguments for having like kind of a diversifying your price points, like making sure you have, a good range instead of just like I have 15 products, but they're all $16. Right. 
Um, cause then you're, you've just, you know, you've pinpointed like, this is what things cost here. And there's no, there's no options otherwise. Like this is, this is it. You can yeah. either buy one of these yeah, there needs or to 10 be of like, these or zero of these. At least, um, now I'm thinking about like Edgewater, how like there's the travel tin size. Right. Even their, even their very like simple formula that yeah. totally works where it's like, we have this candle, but we have all these different scent options. Like now there's like, well, there's bundles and you can buy three and get this, or mm -hmm. you can get these little travel tins. And like, now they're starting to do like other products outside yep. of candles. So I think there's always room for that. And it, not only does it help attract new customers, it kind of rewards your existing customers where like people who have loved your stuff and followed you for a long time are now being given a new thing to love. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. they're like if you really loved soap distilleries line of soaps and now you're like, oh, my God, now there's like a body oil. That's I mean, I that's what I did. I like got beer and cigarettes soap and then she made beer and cigarettes body wash. <laughs> and I was like, well, now I want that. And then she made beer and cigarettes body oil. And I'm like, well, now I'm getting that. Yeah. Um. And if she starts making beer and cigarettes, something else, I'm going to buy that. So it, you know, it's like, it kind of gives you like both sides of the coin where you're, you know, you're bringing something new. It's not just to get new customers. It's also to like refresh your, you know, it refreshes the memory of your existing customers to be like, Ooh, it's not just the same shit as last time. I really yeah. like her even more now. Cause there's this new thing for me to buy. I'm like, every time we get on these topics, I start brainstorming my own shit and getting distracted <laughs> by it. You're like, what but am I'm I like, going to But make? I'm supposed to be like paring constantly down. paring down. Yeah. I just did. And yeah, but paring again. down can also mean changing, like, editing. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. need to be like only getting rid of. It could mean paring down and it could be like getting rid of six and adding two. Yeah. You know, well, I need a... I mean, it's not that. like you're going to of getting rid of six and adding 12, which well, is what right. I have been doing. Yes. Well, then get rid of 24 and then <laughs> add 12. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I'm OK. We joked that. Wait, when did we joke about my nap time on this episode? We also have to make sure that it's this episode doesn't get sure crazy setting long. In. Also, I have to get home before I'm sharing the. Oh, well, then we need to wrap this up with real soon. Fucking children. <laughs> No, not children, preteens, teenagers. Whatever, they're it's all the children. Worst. I know, but I'm saying like that is worse. They're so terrible on buses. They are they've been so in terrible all day, and, and they're without adult supervision, up. and they all sit in the um, handicap seats in the front and then don't get up when well, somebody in like a like, fucking walker gets so on. So crowded that everyone's so standing angry. in the middle. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah. I well, nobody goes to the back. Do you ever notice that? Oh, I hate how well, people don't push to the back. The kid. So I used to take the Damon bus to and from um, home in Little Street when yeah. I lived in Pilsen. And there were maybe three schools along Damon that yeah. the kids would get on that bus going south oh my on my way home. Um, and I would regularly have like a backpack shoved in the side oh, of my face. Yeah, for sure. Because you had to stand. There was no other option. Everyone on the central bus, they're always like everywhere. eating things. Oh, sure. They're yeah. always eating like bags and bags of like fiery hot Cheetos. And, and I'm just like, oh my God, can't you just wait I can proudly say I've never had that. I've never had it either. Gross. I feel like it would give me immediate 
like heartburn like bowel sure. problems oh <laughs> right doesn't that just seem like it it's yeah um okay let's not talk about the bus anymore no what or Cheetos. what else should we talk about with regard to custom well, i feel like i feel like the key like the takeaway things need to be like that yes it can be risky and seem daunting but if you just like everything else if you figure out like a bit of a structure and mm -hmm. don't worry so much about like yeah, but this won't be exactly the way it is when somebody asks for this other and the, you know this mm -hmm. weird thing and this weird thing. If you give people just like a general starting point or a framework or like mm -hmm. a, well, for example, this cost, I did this custom job that was this and it cost this much. Like if you can just give them a yes. couple case study examples, yes. then that will help people feel confident moving forward or be able to decide to walk away and not waste your time. If you just go, yeah, we do custom orders, like see you later. And you take their email and you don't really get into it with them about what they actually want and what mm -hmm. you actually can provide. Then you're just going to cause trouble later and probably have them be like, well, I didn't think it was going to cost that much. Like, but if you're clear with people and have, you know, some parameters, then I think you'll have far better luck like building a custom base and like getting people to really be like, Oh, this was totally worth it and easy and like, didn't stress me out. Cause those are the, you know, they're just as worried about it as you are. Like it's just as risky for the consumer as it is for you. Mm -hmm. Also always take a deposit. I forgot oh, to say yeah, that. Yeah. Even if something is a little amount of money, I know that people do this a lot. Even if something's like going to be $50, like make them fucking pay you ahead of time. Sure. Either in full ahead of time. Like if it's under a hundred dollars, I feel like it should be in full ahead mm -hmm. of time. Um, and again, if they argue with you about that, not your customer walk away. Um, if it's over a hundred dollars, like ask for 50% in advance or 20% in some, some amount of money to a, commit them to you and make that non-refundable make it non okay. absolutely deposits always non-refundable okay um i for wedding invites but most of those orders tend to be you know over five hundred dollars and potentially two or three thousand dollars i always do fifty percent up front and then fifty percent and that helps cover any yes. design work it that covers you've already your time, done it covers yeah. your effort it covers this extra paperwork you're doing it covers weird materials that you now have to buy. It covers potentially like sending stuff to a printer or having something manufactured that you wouldn't normally have manufactured. Um, and it, it commits them to you in a way that like, because there are people that will be like, sounds great. And then like, you will never hear from them again. And you started working on it. Like you, you spent money like naively hoping and, and assuming that, they would all work out. Yeah. And of course they're going to pay you. They said they would. Well, did you, did you get money from them though? <laughs> I feel like if I were ordering something custom, I would want to pay for it. Yeah. If, like at least a deposit, if not pay for it. So that you know it's, it's in the it's queue. Worked on. Yeah. It's being moved forward. It and stresses again, me out when I haven't yeah. paid for something. And again, the client, the, the people who are good clients, who are good customers that you want to have be your customers are not going to fight you on that. They they should not assume anything other than that. And also, 
You look more professional if you're like, hi, here's my estimate. Here's my terms. This is the money we need up front. I'd love to get started on this right away. Like you look like a badass that knows how to do custom work, even if you've never done it before. Right. If you're just like, I don't know, like maybe I'll call you when it's done and then I'll PayPal you. Like, yeah. no, D know what you need ahead of time. And if they don't reply to you, d stop thinking about it until money is in your bank account. Like literally don't, don't buy a shipping box. Don't sketch preliminary designs until they have paid you. Cause they aren't a real customer until they have paid you. Mm -hmm. Like that's in my opinion <laughs> because um, people will burn you like people will, and you will feel maybe you won't lose a ton of money in that scenario, but you will feel like shit and it will make you feel like maybe I shouldn't do custom work anymore. But if you protect yourself and have rules and demand payment, then you'll be fine. And, and you won't have those scenarios. Cause even if somebody does walk away, well, then you got their deposit and you can use that towards something else. Sure. And, you know, you stuck to your guns, and that's important. Yeah, that's better than being mad at yourself later. Right. Being, feeling like, oh, why was I, why did I not get them to pay me ahead of time? Or why did I start working on that without sealing the deal? Mm -hmm. Like, that was stupid of me. Um, I think if anyone wanted to be on the podcast, oh, to for sure like work out custom things. Yeah. Like, like a you, brainstorming yeah, custom you do a thing. Brainstorming. Like maybe you're moving into custom or maybe yeah. you're having a hard time doing custom. Yeah. Or maybe you want to like, like, yeah, hash out some really specific ideas in relation to your business. But like be comfortable talking actual numbers because yeah. it's so hard. Like, yeah. It's hard. To, yeah. It's hard when we've you all have, seen what's out there. Right. There are no actual numbers. Right. And it was even because hard people to do don't, this. Yeah. People don't want to say like, oh, this is what I charge and this is my cost and this is my profit. Right. Even though knowing those numbers is so helpful to mm -hmm. other people, because then you don't you start to realize like, oh, I'm undercharging or, oh, I'm actually right in line. And that makes me feel better. Like those that kind of information can empower you to like make better decisions for mm -hmm. your business. Um, but yeah, if we can, yeah, if there's anybody that want, that's kind of working on that or wants to hack, hack through it, it would be really yeah. interesting. I think it would be, it would be a stronger conversation if we had like tangible. Yes. I think so too. Examples. Um, we have a episode coming up next month. That's going to be a brainstorming session about wholesale. Yeah. That we're excited about. So it'd be cool to get one scheduled about custom yeah. work. And if there's any other kind of like brainstorming round table discussion yeah. things that you want to think about and talk about with us on an episode, like throw it out there. Cause it's pro you know, if it's even if it's like product development or branding or mm -hmm. like, you know, getting off Etsy or like quitting craft shows forever. Or I, you know, really want to start making food product, but I currently make soap. I don't know. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Like whatever your insane thing is that you're like, I yeah. wish I had somebody to talk about this with that. I could like get my ideas out. It's like a support group. Yes. With or two like, other people. <laughs> um, 
sometimes I feel like I need Steve to yell at me for things. <laughs> this is um, a different conversation. No, you know, like yeah, yeah. No, I need that too. Um, so we could be, we could yeah, yell, we could at, yell you. at you. Yeah. Do you want us to yell at you about your business? <laughs> sure, you do. We can do that. Pancake Town the podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Is that what our email pa- is? Pancake, Pancake Town, Town podcast. podcast. Okay. At I'm like, that sounded funny. We, we just, we messed it up for the promo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that would be super fun. We'd like to start kind of doing that on the regular. Yeah. So if there's any, and it can also be like kind of not directly business related. Like if you have a really hard time, like dealing with clients or like you hate talking to people at craft shows cause you feel like you're too shy or like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like if it has something to do with the things we've talked about in the past or, your business like it's probably something we want to talk about and yeah and or like, maybe um, we can help you with uh work-life balance yeah stuff. self-care stuff yeah like money shit product shit yeah whatever it is yeah yeah or if you like really 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 like eating fiery cheetos on the bus no and you can't stop i don't want to talk about that obviously it's a problem because i see them all over oh, buses for sure but i mean that like they love it the ultimate bus food or something yeah that and like um like open carry out containers of like chinese food mm. i see that a lot where people literally just like open up a plastic bag and are just like full on like fried rice with a plastic fork like on the bus and then i'm like there's clearly signs everywhere that are like no you can't eat food on the bus but no one ever stops anybody I'm too like germ adverse yeah. to eat, to eat um, yeah. food that could absorb. Um, I'm worried about people's know. like hair touching Particles. my backpack, like let, al- <laughs> like let alone some like me having open food. It's one thing to eat a bag of like chips or something. The whole the, it's another. Le- there was a lady on the bus the other day, literally like eating soup. <laughs> on the out of like a takeout container that's risky right like why do you what if that all goes down your front yeah she was she liked it she was into that soup i occasionally eat almonds on the bus and i always feel like everyone's staring at me almonds is so fine almonds Almonds are dry they're (laughs) self-contained you can eat them with your fingers yeah we should have to do a whole episode on what you can and can't eat on the bus okay it's just it'll almonds. Be, it'll be a bonus episode. It's only all right. So wait, do we promote do we want, that? No, I mean this is airing in two weeks. That gives us two weeks to get okay, our shit so, together. So potentially, <laughs> there may or may not be um, a new Patreon account for you to support us. Yes, with monies. Um, we've been talking about this for over a over year. a year um, about how to continue to make the podcast viable and help us do fun things and like pay for equipment and pay for promotional postcards and like have events and like go to breakfast and do interviews with people and like how does that all get paid for because right right now we make we make negative money to 2 p.m neither of us have gotten any work done today exactly we've made zero money today (laughs) we've spent money but not made money um, so it has been brought to our attention now, now we waited so long and fussed around about whether or not to do this so long that now listeners are like, hi, can we please pay you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are 
currently we've signed up for a Patreon account. If you don't know what Patreon is, it is basically a patron service mm-hmm. where you, um, and it's for all kinds of things, not just podcasts, but for podcasts, it is basically a way for listeners to support a podcast with some money. Um, and it's a monthly subscription and you basically like can either just flat out give us money and be like, here, I love you. Please continue doing what you're doing. I want to support it. Or there'll be like a certain amount of money that you can pay. Um, and you'll get special prizes. So you basically get most of it'll be like bonus content. So you'll get like an extra episode every couple of weeks, or it'll be like a special episode that only you can listen to. Yep. Um, and so we're kind of figuring out the details of that, but hopefully it will be at least in its baby stages by the point of this episode airing and we'll be able to, um, post info on that. If you go, we'll put it on our Instagram feed for sure. We'll put it in the Facebook group for sure. And we'd, yeah, we'd love to use the money to get a website. Yeah. We want to make an actual website for the podcast. (laughs) We, right now it's just on our podcast publishing website which is podbean Uh um but we'd like to be able to have more content on there have photos from events have links to things we've talked about have articles for you guys to read have um written interviews maybe that are coming from some of our episodes like just more content so that it's not just the podcast episodes that you're listening to yeah we've also like in the group we've compiled um resource information we want to make a directory of like sources to get packaging and places to find to do networking and like reviews on craft fairs and just kind of like basically putting it all on on our own site instead of on facebook and on podbean and on twitter yes yeah keep it have it one central location for all of you to visit and and kind of be a go-to place where you can get information yeah. Also, um, a lot of the things we research um, involve paying money to get information. Yeah. And I haven't done any of those things. Yeah. Um, I would make sure that we were only paying for things that we thought were um, like good businesses. We don't want to give money to like the crappy drop shipping things just to make fun of it. Right. We, we would give money to. We're only going to make fun of things we, that we can get for free. Right. <laughs> um, like credible businesses yeah. that maybe we're all kind of curious about, but not willing to spend the money yeah. on. And we kind of like, want to could do that and then let you know. Yeah. And if we serve, you know, we like the idea that we can kind of serve as a bit of an advocate for all of you and like mm-hmm. a, a, like a liaison for you guys to get information. And so we'll kind of keep continuing on with what we've been doing of like having people on the Facebook group, give us ideas for topics or things you want us to dive into or questions that are bothering you or things you want, like companies that you're like, this seems sketchy. Like look into this. Like mm-hmm. what's the deal with this dropship thing or what's the deal with Indigo fair? Or what's the deal with Etsy wholesale? Why is it gone? Um, and we're I happy to kind of like manufacturing's gone now too. Oh, we talked about that Bleh. a year ago. Bleh. So things like that, that you kind of, you know, cause we all, I think we all sit around and we see something online or we see something, you know, 
come into existence or go out of business or whatever. And we're like, I wonder what everybody else thinks about that. Mm -hmm. Or like, what's the real story here? So we want to just be able to provide, have some more ways to have that content out there and kind of diffuse some of the weird bullshit content yeah. that's on I mean, internet. I get to be a detective. <laughs> it's fun. Um, so yeah. Um, so hopefully that Patreon stuff is up and running and definitely check out Pancake Town podcast on Instagram and the Facebook page. Yes. If you're not on the face in the Facebook we'll group, we'll put it on the page you and in the yeah. group. We'll we'll make yeah. sure that you know about it. Yeah. Um and yeah, and if you're if you want to support us, we it's greatly appreciated. It's it's totally going to basically letting us keep doing yeah. this. But you'll still get to listen to the podcast for free. The yes. podcast regular will episodes will always be free. free. You never you don't have to ever like you can just go about your business yeah. and not care about it at all. Um, but the people that will contribute um, will get bonus stuff that other people mm -hmm. won't get. Um, okay. I think that's good. That's part two for pricing. I feel like we could do 17 more episodes on pricing. Well, we could do 17 more episodes on, on that on one book. book. I for sure want to read that whole book. I feel like I bet it will give me all sorts of insights into show of hands. Can I trust to, like, you to return it to the library? <laughs> what library? Will you return it to any library? Oh, it's just a Chicago library book? Yeah. Okay. That's how libraries I can return work. it to the library. I don't have to worry about getting a late fee. How, when do I have to return it? Uh, I have to check my email because I don't get a printed copy anymore. Okay. But I just got it on Monday. How long so do you usually get to keep weeks? it? Three weeks? Yeah. You can trust me. <laughs> Why does that sound like you can't? No, it's um, just like I'm feeling my analness. Like. What if I tell you, what if I tell you that I will tell Josh that it has to get returned? Then does that make you feel it's better? It's like a whopping 10 cents a day for late fees. If, if somehow insanely I don't return it and You're you get a late lose fee, it? I will fucking pay your late fee. Okay, everyone heard this on the podcast. <laughs> Emily is going to be in possession of my library book. Oh my god, taken so out much in pressure. my name. This is so much pressure. What ha do they come take you away if you don't return it? I think they might like, kick do you, you go out to of prison? Chicago. Oh fuck. Um, no, well, yeah, I'll take it. And you can never eat a hot dog again. Congratulations. <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, it seems like a pretty quick read. It looks like it's only... It's dense. But it's only like, what, oh, 150 photos. pages? Oh, I forgot about the Oh, there's photos. lots of pictures. Look at... Oh, my God. I'm lo I love this so much. I'm so happy right These now. These are the kind of places that I used to buy handmade Barbie clothes at at the mall. Wait, you know what else we can have when we have our own website? We can have, like, an online shop where we, like, let like do the thing where you, like, buy through our website. So you can make an Amazon link for this book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, everybody go buy this book. I'm telling I got three books. Two of them are newer and supposed to be trendy. And this book was way fucking better. I know. I'm excited about it. It just is. I'm into it. It's well Philip researched and Cadu thought Beck. through. I'm into it. All right. Don't judge a book by its cover. Except for this one. <laughs> no, it's good. It's the best. You're one saying out that of the that bunch. cover is not good. I think it's excellent. Oh, okay. It even has like, um, like the like light reflection lines on it to make it look like the letters are three dimensional. Yeah, kind of like it's intense. Metallic. -y. I'm really into it. Like, 
Like it belongs on a car mm-hmm. or something. It's chrome. All right, we need to go. Okay, yeah. Okay, Michelle has to get on the bus and eat some fiery Cheetos, and <laughs> I, and I need to take my dog for a walk. Um, and she's really antsy. Thank you for listening, <laughs> and I hope that everybody got some good tidbits about pricing, or at least yeah. it kind of made you like brainstorm some things about yeah. you know make and, you f- and send us your follow-up. Yeah, then. if you feel like yeah. you felt real good at the end, where you're like, yeah, I'm totally doing this right. Or if you were like, that formula that Michelle read is totally insane. What the fuck? Why am I charging twelve fifty for something that cost me five dollars? <laughs> um, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. All right. That's it. I think that's it. I'm done. Okay. Bye, <laughs> crafts and craft shows. How to make money. 